0: me sunbeam is next hi Sunbeam. hello hi Mm -hmm. how are you i'm good i'm really pissed because this is the second third time now that this has happened it happened to kelly at least once twice with me where zoom just poops out when you disable talking for another person so now we just lost that whole half that whole 35 minutes oh Uh, no that's terrible I've made a couple of complaints to Zoom. I guess I'll make more. Okay, sorry. Okay, Sunbeam, what you got? I am struggling
1: with reconciling the balance um, between setting boundaries so that I can be there for my family while at the same time, like honoring the inherent sacrifices of being a doctor to be there for your patients
0: okay um so like work-life balance yes yeah is there an example that you can share with us of how this imbalance has affected you
1: yeah so saw a patient in clinic that you know ignored their problem for months and months. And then, you know, we tried to get into clinic and said, oh, I feel fine. And then finally came when she was feeling really crappy after like three weeks, um, has a problem that will need an operation. So I put her on for an elective operation, you know, as soon as you can with, you know, two weeks it takes to get insurance approval and then time to get on the operative schedule when, you know, the ORs are understaffed. So, you know, rooms are cut. Um, so it took a few weeks to get her on the schedule. And of course, in that interim, she had a complication that then meant she had to have emergency surgery. Okay. And kind of when I saw her in clinic, once she finally came, I kind of foresaw this in my head. I even told her, I said, you know, if you have these symptoms, you're going to need to come to the ER, you might not make it until the selective operation. And I guess I feel bad that Mm -hmm. I didn't do enough that like maybe I should have sacrificed that day off to get her on a schedule when I'm not supposed to be working and I'm like no like that's my boundary you know she's the adult that chose not to come in and not to have this treated for months on end but then I feel like I'm not quite like honoring the sacrifice that like physicians like the oaths that we've taken to you know take care of patients
0: Yeah. And also this is, um, I think deserves a little inquiry about your specific practice, because if something like that happens where something is like not exactly elective, but not exactly urgent either, I don't know how to describe it, like a semi-urgent thing. Is there even a mechanism in place in your practice to handle that?
1: No, not really. Um, I mean, sort of so I do like I do acute care surgery Mm -hmm. kind of a model um and you know some of my partners and somewhat we could admit to the hospital and do it semi-urgently but at the same time she didn't kind of present that thick that I thought it was kind of be quite that fast and Mm -hmm. maybe I should have bit that bullet and done it um but that's also not i i don't know i guess i didn't see her as being like that sick that it warranted an em- like an admission because we're also you know 50 some bed holds so if you're trying yeah. to admit some outpatient like they can't get admitted for multiple days anyway
0: also are you suffering from the retrospectoscope right now meaning maybe you are- you already know what happened. And so, this would, we wouldn't even be talking about it if she didn't have the complication and you just did the case when the case was scheduled electively. I mean, maybe in this particular circumstance. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to know if that's a potential aggravating factor because we do this and we beat the shit out of ourselves. We put on those retrospectoscopes and we're like, well, I'm just an asshole idiot who should have done something different. <laughs> like all the time and it's not fair there's like a fundamental unfairness in the way this is all set up it's like oh either you it's absurd right you you either have to know how to predict the future or sacrifice all your time and you get sick like what a stupid dilemma yeah
1: yeah I guess part of that is kind of when you brought up the, you know, what is the, what's the mechanism of taking care of these semi-urgent patients? And it's, I guess it's kind of the problem of, you know, some of my partners don't necessarily practice in the same way and we've got a new partner coming and, you know, I don't quite know their likes and dislikes and way of doing things yet that... Mm -hmm. I guess I need to not feel like I'm burdening other people when
0: that's their job. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, were you even on call when this lady came in? So
1: I was not on call when she came in, but I, of course, got the phone call from the nurse. Um, So then I attempted to talk to the person that was on call. And then he did not talk to me until after he saw the patient and then was like, are you free to come do this? Um.
0: Even though he was on call.
1: Yeah, I'll say he's a locum. So he didn't quite understood the way it normally goes. Mm -hmm. Um, Did say, like, I'm happy to take care of it if you're not free. Um, So I did say, you know, like, I'm not free. (laughs) Um, Of course. But then I felt kind of bad about it.
0: Oh, yes. Okay, this we're getting to the chicken. I love it. We're going to tear this apart. I hope you're not a vegetarian.
1: Nope. Not at all. Okay.
0: Um, okay. So in circumstances like this, I think it's really cool to set up a model because as we all know, the model is a very good awareness tool where we can just kind of like call our brains out on what the stinky shit is they're doing to us. So the circumstance here is this lady has a problem that is set up for elective surgery Um she has a complication and needs emergent surgery, right? Or urgent. What would you say? Which is more accurate? Emergent. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, the
1: complication she had then required emergency surgery.
0: Okay. And um Locums calls you. You you say I'm not available or something like that. Yeah. So there's your boundary. That you maintained. And you feel bad about it now. What do you like? What's the predominant feeling about that? Is it guilt? Like, why did you keep thinking about it afterwards? Or how did you I, feel afterwards? I, I feel like
1: by setting that boundary, I'm kind of mm, not being a doctor. Um, and I think a lot of that came about with, like, all the Doctor's Day posts last week. Um, when kind of all this was going down okay, of, you know, people being like, oh, we took these oaths and all the sacrifices you make with your families and everything else to be there for your patients. And I guess I felt like, oh, maybe I should have sacrificed more to be there for this patient.
0: Ah. And so then how do you feel when that happens, when you think that?
1: I feel like that you could easily go down a never-ending spiral and lose yourself.
0: Yeah, so that's the action. Go down never-ending spiral.
1: (laughs) How do you feel? I guess the feeling would be selfish.
0: Ah! Oh, how dare you. Selfish. Yeah. It's definitely the feeling. And when you feel selfish, then what do you do? You ruminate. That's always my act. (laughs) Yeah. So I love it. Everybody does this by the way. Um, it's super human to do it. And, but ruminating is, excuse me, I get super fired up and then I like have pressured speech. Um, ruminating is a really great thing to pay attention to when you do it, because it, the things that you ruminate about are gold, because if you know what those are, then you have this map of how to dissolve the, the thing that's problematic. And I'll show, if we have time, I'll show you how to do that. And if you don't have time, then, um, I will get on a private call with you and continue this at your convenience. Um, And we, if you would be so inclined, we could keep you anonymous and I'll just upload it for everybody to consume asynchronously. So anyway, what do you ruminate about? Like in this instance, what are the things that are going on and on in your head? Just that I'm,
1: um, like I'm too self-involved that I'm being like too strict about my boundary. That I'm not being like selfless enough for my patients.
0: Okay. And all of these then create a result, which is you um, basically are just proving it all true, right? It's like it's like yeah. the it's that hamster wheel we get on. It's like this thing that becomes fertilizer for the original thought of I should have sacrificed more. It's just you prove it to yourself. Okay. Now there's nothing wrong with you. This is actually an expected outcome with the way we're indoctrinated within medicine and it's propaganda, all of it. It's propaganda. Like nowhere does anybody say we need to be so self-sacrificing that we don't have any room in our lives to have anything else. Like it just, there's no rule set up like that, but this, this idea that's been propagandized for all of us. And I'll say this one more time, you know, the father of modern surgery, Halstead, was high on cocaine all the time, right? He was high on cocaine. And if you're on a cocaine bender, you can work for like days and days on end. There is no problem with sacrifice because you're high and you're just like <laughs> whacked out. So our entire system's built on that. That was the turn of the century, uh, the last century, right? So what the fuck? And then there's the whole way that women are indoctrinated over time. I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. It's like, well... Your value comes from your ability to have babies and take care of people, period. You don't have a purpose on this planet for any other reason. And this is the sort of junk we've been swallowing for a long, long time. This is all, these are ideas perpetuated by other people. It's not a thing. It's not true. Um, Now, me saying that doesn't like automatically dissolve all this stuff for you. I think what helps is to go through and say, okay, what's the selfish thing really indicating? Because our feelings reveal to us something. It's either going to be something we value, something we need, or something we desire. And in this case, my guess is there is probably there are probably two things. And you tell me if I'm right or wrong. My guess is, is you desire a balanced life. And number two <laughs> is you probably value um being a good doctor a good surgeon you probably value being a good parent and a good spouse and a good human right like there's yeah. there's a reason why this is so painful and it's good to know that um so let's put a pin in that for a second and I'm going to take a picture of this and then um we can move on to the next step of the exercise, which I hope will help. Now, if we know what you ruminate about, this is, this is the skill out of this. And we wanna take each thought. So one is I'm too self-involved. And you just do an inquiry. Now, is this true? like
1: factually true. Well, I mean, it's a thought, so it's hard to determine if it's factually true.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not factually true. I will tell you this a hundred percent. Even, okay, so I don't like the word selfish because I actually think like the idea that we've as- ascribed like some moral shit to the word is a little bit of a challenging word because, um, there's a difference between people who are selfish in a very powerful and effective way that makes everything better for everybody. And then there's a way that people are self-serving and kind of slimy and kind of jerks and assholes and stuff. And that's completely different. And I think you're conflating the two. Um, like, we just need to be very precise on what the words mean. So I think you're thinking you're an asshole because you, did, you didn't go in and take care of this person. Not that.
1: I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm stuck in a crappy system, and yeah, it forced my hand to go one way, which I don't know. I'm at least I felt that way, or maybe I was rationalizing it that way, so I didn't feel so bad about it.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just writing that down. I'm stuck in a crappy system that forced my hand okay so I don't think it's true that you're too self-involved we have evidence of that right here the fact that you even care about this at all reveals to us you're not too self-involved so it's definitely not true and it's definitely not useful what is true about you? I care yeah Okay, the next one was Come on, phone. I'm too strict about my boundary.
1: Okay, is this true? I mean, that's the point of a boundary.
0: It is. It It's really, that's a good point. <laughs> now, maybe just if I'm playing devil's advocate here, be, like we could imagine on a movie screen if somebody were looking like they were being too strict about their boundary. Like if they... got a call for a consult when they're on call at 6:55 a.m. but didn't but like it purposely shirked and didn't take care of the thing and just shirked it onto the next person. I'm trying to like create some absurd situation that might be like too strict of a boundary. I don't even know if that works cuz I think I've actually done that before. <laughs> you get that septic hip call at like 6:57 a.m right as the call shift is about to change and you're like, motherfucker, how come you couldn't wait five minutes to call? Anyway, but do you see what I'm trying to say? Like there may be a a way to be too strict in a boundary. I'm having a hard time coming up with one right now. So I don't think that this is a thing. What do you think?
1: I don't think so. I mean, you know, it's not like she was dying or had something that, you know, at that time, no one else was available, and that she would right. die. Foundry didn't take care of her,
0: exactly. And
1: you were off. What to do? Saying these things might happen,
0: right? So they just die. And there's a reason why your hospital has arranged to have locums coverage. Yeah. Okay. So this isn't true, and it's not useful. So what is true?
1: that I hold my boundary. So I hopefully stay balanced and can actually stay practicing medicine. Yeah.
0: That's more detailed than I was thinking. Sorry. (laughs) No, That's okay. I'm just like this boundary rocks. It's a perfect boundary. It's like reasonable. It's not asking anybody else to do anything that's uncomfortable or out of what's expected for when you're on call. Seems really good. Seems very reasonable. Okay. What's the next thing?
1: Okay.
0: Um, I'm not being selfless enough for my patients.
1: I think you may have froze. Shit.
0: Am I back? Can you hear me now? Now I can. Okay. I'm not selfless enough. Okay. Is that true?
1: Probably not. As I sit here on day three and a half of four and five days.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not true. And I want to know what would be selfless enough, like in your mind, what would be selfless enough to count? Mother Teresa. <laughs> um, there's there's this interesting thing in which when we don't protect our brown boundaries and we quote are selfless enough for our patients that actually has diminishing returns and is the opposite. Like we actually have less to give to our patients when we're so selfless. You know, it's such a funny thing. Like the more burned out you get, the more stressed out you get, the more thin your spread, the more cell phone numbers you hand out to these people. It's like each time that has a cost attached to it. And the cost attached to it is your sanity, your health your ability to do well on the rest of the time you're actually there to take care of patients. So it's like the opposite is true. Who would want somebody to do this? I wouldn't want my surgeon to do this. Yeah. Isn't that funny? So like being selfless enough actually ends up being the thing that does the most harm for everybody, not just you, but for the patients too. Being selfish, quote unquote, and protecting your time, making sure you're up to snuff. Like this is why the airline industry does it so well is because they build this stuff in. And this is to get to your point about the system that you're in. The airline industry builds in crew rest. They build in Like, no, nobody would ever want somebody to fly a plane when they're not supposed to be flying a plane. It just, it's like asinine. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah. But their industry wasn't started by some jackhole who was high on cocaine all the time. Like, I might be putting a little bit too much emphasis on that, but I do think it has, like, impacted the sensibility of the way we're trained and the way we approach this. Like we're just supposed to keep going and going and going and going and going. And so the system.
1: I lost you. You froze again, at least for me.
0: Son of a gun. I am so mad. Can you hear me now, Sunbeam? Can you hear me now? I can Son of a gun. Okay. So, um, the system is getting the results it's designed to get. And the only way the system changes is that we, one person at a time is making these decisions to uphold your own boundary. You do a greater service to the entire world, to the entire system, as it were, By maintaining your boundaries. It seems uh, like a very small act, but it is a small act of activism. Every boundary you maintain makes it easier for somebody else to do the same thing. And slowly over time, that's how that's how things will start to filter out and change. So we're all collectively maintaining these things. You're not alone, even though it may feel like you're alone within your own practice. You're really not. And if you feel this way, I imagine there's at least one other person in your practice that feels this way too. So you may have more allies there than you think about changing something in a way that would help prevent an acute, semi-urgent, not- emergent thing from waiting a couple of weeks again. Okay. (laughs) Now I can tell in your voice that this doesn't feel resolved for you. And I know we're at the end of the hour, so you can feel, I don't know who you are. Don't tell me now, but you can always message me and we can talk one-on-one offline and finish it out to bring some kind of a resolution for you. And then KitKat, has held her head hand up this whole time too. So Kit Kat, I wanted to invite you to message me afterwards and we can set up a time at your convenience to talk to get your questions answered as well since we didn't get to you today. So I will make that the policy for me from now on. If we don't get to somebody or if it's unresolved by the end of the hour, we'll continue on at a time that's convenient for you so we can bring some kind of a resolution, Okay. All right. Any other questions before we sign off for today?
1: No, thanks, Jess.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.